I won't go over what Andrew and Diana had on the public pension plans or the multi-employer pension plans. Uh, indeed, we have to keep our eyes closed on that. The federal government does not have jurisdiction over public pension plans, but, and this is a huge but, there's no PBGC for public pension plans. There's no insurance backdrop. It is totally upon the taxpayer and the state taxpayer. And so keeping that in mind. I happened to say that before at a public pension plan forum, and I got all these angry responses back, and I said, um, my aunt is a retired teacher in New Jersey. We're looking at this issue. Um, <laughs> the bad news of all of this, and we go back and say, what's going on? Our retirement system is built upon three, a three-legged stool. And I learned this from Diane Howland, who was Senator Enzi's pension policy director at the time of PPA that we have the three, we have the defined contribution system with our 401ks and IRAs. Then we have the defined benefit system, the traditional benefit system. And if you've all looked at that, you see the numbers are declining. Not only are they declining, but they're declining rapidly. When we were past PPA, one of the reasons we were trying to do is to shore up the, the PBGC's deficit so they didn't have a deficit anymore, and to make sure that defined benefit plans were more stable. However, as we also recognize, there's a lot of risk, long-term risk investment with those, and a lot of fluctuations. Um, the PPA was the right bill at the right time, up until September 2008, um, when the market did fall out. We actually saw a lot of increases between 2006, when the bill was passed, and two, beginning of 2008. There were many, many pension plans with nearly 100% funded. And at that particular time, we were foolishly discussing on the Hill, well, what happens if plans become overfunded? What do we do then? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, but as you can tell now, there is a, a big line. You go to the PBGC data book, you'll see the lines, they just decrease. Defined benefit plans are going down. Fewer and fewer companies are offering them. Most of them right now are freezing them uh, or switching over to cash balance plans, which is also complicated of itself because there are no rules from the IRS on how to do cash balance conversions. Um, in addition, we also have our third leg of the stool, which is Social Security, um, which you know is not so stable at the moment. Um, 2017, and now the new year that, that's supposed to go in the red. So we have two of our three-legged stools that are really in trouble right now. Um, and this doesn't even account the new health care bill that was passed because that puts a lot more emphasis on Medicaid and Medicare. We have a whole new lot of enrollees going into Medicare right now and based upon Medicaid, depending upon the state contributions. Uh, well, if anybody's looked, those programs are also in the red. So we have a Medicaid-Medicare problem. We have a Social Security problem. So our retirement community is going to have a huge balloon hanging over us on how we're going to handle it in the future. And I think this is what the crossroads are at now. For many companies, it's been difficult the past couple years, and, and Senator Isaacson actually did amazing work on this in trying to work with the language that we were presented in the Senate to the Finance Committee and kind of really carve off those rough edges to make sure it was applicable. But I have to say that when we were negotiating that in the Senate side, the majority really wasn't concentrating on the jobs issue of that aspect. Um, they, it was totally left out of the equation. The drivers of between that figure bill was more the multi-employer plan relief uh, that Diana had mentioned as part of that bill, and also the nonprofits and charitable organizations that were having problems with their pension plans because they also have defined benefit plans in many instances. So it's very problematic. I, I appeared before a 
business group a few weeks ago, and it was kind of like, why are you guys doing this? Why aren't you helping the companies? You see us go down. We'd much rather be putting our emphasis and the money in rebuilding with what we have, creating jobs, rather than putting the pension money into our pension plan now where it's going to sit and not earning anything, at least for the foreseeable future. And they're absolutely right, but there is such an anti-business climate right now, especially with majority, that it's very difficult to do anything that's pro-business or pro-job or pro-creation. And that's what you really need to, to look at. Um, where we are right now in terms of defined benefit, after the Pension Protection Act was passed in 2006, we did pass the WERA bill, the Worker Retiree Employee uh, Recovery Act, at the end of 2007, and that basically was a technical corrections bill plus a couple tweaks. I mean, what, uh, that was passed at the end of 2008. That was basically, we knew we were in economic turmoil, let's hit the pause button for a little bit. <clears throat> the language that came out of the Senate in March, <coughs> that Senator Isaacson and Cardin worked for, very hard on, uh, that was attached to the tax extenders bill in the Senate and then passed. It was not a bipartisan vote, it pretty much there was a lot of extra spending in that bill. Uh, Senator Enzi could not vote for that particular bill because of all the extra spending, and because some of the pension relief, as was mentioned before, didn't go to the pension provisions themselves. As you've been seeing in the press, on the House Ways and Means Committee now, there's really not a lot of action there. And even uh, Chairman Levin yesterday issued that he wants to get a tax extenders bill done before Memorial Day. He doesn't mention the pension relief at all. In fact, it gets even a little bit worse because if you talk about any funding relief there, um, you'll notice last week that Mr. Miller has continued to push for his 401k fees. Now what 401k fee disclosure has to do with defined benefit relief, I'm not sure. But even Mr. Neal, who came out and said we need 401k fee relief, has now come out and said no, let's wait for the Department of Labor to get the regulations out. So how that's all going to play in, we're not sure, and how it comes out. But we do know that this is a very difficult issue, and there's not a lot of attention playing on it. And the attention that's being played on it is on issues that are kind of irrelevant to the base of the defined benefit system as we know it right now. In light of that, and in other issues, we do have this Hobson's choice before us, as Diana had mentioned before. We have this whole central states, a yellow truck YRC pension plan that is going south in a, a, a major way. And YRC itself, if you follow the Wall Street Journal, has also hit major financial times. And many of the reports you receive in the Wall Street Journal say if they don't do something about their pension liability, that company is going to be in huge financial trouble, if not bankruptcy. The bill that Senator Casey has introduced, we will probably hold a hearing in the Health Committee within the next few weeks on that. But that in and of itself has many, many questions on its own. Even the industry that is pushing that bill says, even if they partition off the 200,000 participants out of that pension plan and put them onto the PBGC, $5 billion would go with that, but it would still cost $4.9 billion. And that's just the industry estimates, that's not what CBO or JCT say for estimates. And the question is where are those extra monies going to come from? Plus the mechanics of the bill, there's a lot of questions as the impact and effect upon PBGC and its pension plan system. Because the multi-employer system at PBGC has a staff, you know, a skeleton staff, so to speak, compared to the major trust funds for the single employer. But, and how are they going to be able to handle 200,000 additional participants and $5 billion in new assets, which would completely dwarf what they're handling now in the multi-employer section of PPGC. So as you can tell, I'm sorry, I am bringing some bad news to the table here, 
But I also think that we have a lot of challenges before us, and because of the election year, it's very difficult to focus on those challenges and how we're going to be able to go through. But I do know that we're going to have to handle these either this year in some form, uh, like the, the multi-employer YRC issue, either we handle this particular problem, or if it does, the whole system goes belly up with regard to central states, then we have a huge, much greater liability possibly on the PBGC. And then with the defined benefit system, we do have to find ways to make sure that companies that weather, can weather the economic downturn and still grow their companies, get the jobs created without having this burden and being able to pay the pensions over a longer period of time. Uh, thank you very much.